0: Good evening. Depending on uh, where in the country or the world you are listening to the podcast, uh, time appropriate greetings. Thanks for joining me this morning, seven. Uh, I was going to give you the phone number for my terrestrial show there for a second, and we're not doing the terrestrial show. We're doing uh, we're doing the podcast today, and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the uh, the impeachment stuff. I told you I was. I promised I was going to talk about. Um, uh, uh, climate change stuff. And, and quite honestly, um, I, I'm just so sick and tired of this argument. Um, this climate change stuff, the, the lies and misinformation, uh, surrounding climate change and surrounding, um, all of the, the various discussions, uh, based on climate change. Uh, I, I'm just, I, am out of, I'm out of, uh, Amount of energy to to continue to have that discussion, so we're going to skip that one for this week. Um, maybe get to it next week, just because there's there's so much like so there's so much lies and misinformation, and and I, I just I'm I'm worn out. I've been talking about it for the last week and a half on my radio show. I actually recorded two entire episodes for the podcast last week, um, but because I'm an idiot and clicked on some wrong buttons. They didn't get recorded and therefore, unfortunately, didn't get um, put out last week. So I apologize for that, which brings me to the first thing that I want to address real quick as uh, as we're kicking things off here on the Schmidt Show podcast today. The first thing being, um, we're going to take a break from the Schmidt Show podcast. It has been... Uh, over a year now that we 've been doing the Schmidt show podcast, and it unfortunately has not taken off the way I had hoped it would it 's not gotten the traction that I had hoped it would had would get and a lot of that is due simply to the the fact that I just don 't have the time to put in to the the efforts to market it and get it to the right people and the money that it takes to get it um, published and get it out there um, in a, in a way that will, uh, grow the the listenership. So, um, we're going to take a break from it. We're not going to end podcasting altogether. We, um, Noah and I, um, are going to be working on a podcast through the radio station that I work for, uh, that we work for. Um, and we're calling it School of Hard Knocks. Um, the School of Hard Knocks podcast is, um, sort of a play on words, the radio station that I work for is KNOX. And so the uh, the podcast is School of Hard Knocks. And of course, Knox is spelled K-N-O-X. So uh, if you want to find that, you can do that. It's pretty easy. Like you say, just search all of your uh, your various um podcasting services, whichever you're on, whether it's Stitcher, iTunes, whatever, for School of Hard Knocks with uh, with Knox spelled K-N-O-X. We're going to be working on that. We're going to be putting a lot of effort into that. It's going to take a lot of work because it's going to be a little bit different approach. As I mentioned a while back, the uh, the Schmidt Show podcast, we wanted to kind of move in the direction of people telling their stories as it relates to politics and things like that. And so that's kind of what School of, no- School of Hard Knocks is going to be, is that people... People telling their stories. In fact, the first episode is already up and available, and it is uh, it is me, it is my operations manager, and a couple others telling our stories of addiction and uh, giving some insight into the uh, the issue of addiction. Next month, for uh, November, we're going to be working on an episode based uh, or or honoring Veterans Day and uh, having a few veterans. Tell their story and uh, share their thoughts on life and the lessons that they have learned um, as a uh, as members of the military over the years. They were starting off, I believe, with a a vet from Vietnam. We're going to be talking with a couple of other vets as well, and so that's going to be out in November. So, like I said, the first month, our first episode was out in October. Uh, Second episode will be out in November. Now that brings me to the next discussion of this. There have been a few of you um, that I've been very thankful for that have uh, been Patreon supporters, and I really truly appreciate that. Um, but since we're going to be pausing um, the uh, the Schmidt Show podcast for a short time, I would like to uh, take the moment to tell you um, that this would be the time to, uh, to go ahead and cancel those um those patreon support um pledges um because I I don't want to pretend that I'm going to come back in in 2 weeks and and continue to take the patreon support um on a promise that I'm going to restart it in a couple of weeks or whatever um I don't know when we're going to restart so if you are a patreon supporter that has been incredibly helpful uh and and very gracious of you but um, please take the time to cancel your Patreon pledges, as we're not exactly certain when the Schmidt Show podcast will come back. Um, unless, of course, you want to support me through the School of Hard Knocks, but um, that is a side project of my paying gig at the radio station. Um, I won't be getting paid any extra for it or anything like that. I won't be earning an income from it, but uh, uh, I just want to be honest with everybody and and, and speak the truth of what of uh, the situation and and not try to uh, take advantage of anybody 's kindness in any way, shape, or form, you all have been very generous uh, to me, and uh, I really truly appreciate that. so I want to get that out there first uh, and so thank you for the time that you have supported us. And uh, here at the Schmidt Show podcast, and uh, we look forward to one day bringing it back, um, and developing it more, and and collaborating with others more, and and doing all of those things that we need to do to really grow it. But right now, I just don't have the time. I work a full time job at the radio station. It's technically part time, but it it is it is usually a full time job for me. Uh, and then I also work a second full time job um, through the railroad. Uh, here in my hometown as well. And so adding a fourth podcast or a fourth uh, project, I should say, um, just isn't uh, a wise step for me. So it's something that I've got to do uh, in stepping back from the Schmidt Show podcast and then moving forward forward. Um, with the School of Hard Knocks podcast, and uh, with, I think that's going to be great. And right now, I just think it's the best place for me uh, to put my time, as it'll be a it'll be a collaborative effort with the Hig, and uh, Hig's going to kind of take the lead on it, um, and I am going to do what I can to support him. It's going to be kind of his project, and I'm going to uh, step alongside him and do whatever I can to help. So, uh, so that's it. That is the. Uh, that is the the biggest announcement of the day so i wanted to get that out there right away as we kick things off that being said i wanted to i do want to mention that i'm going to be finishing out the month of october um, we're going to do uh, an episode uh, for each Monday of October, uh, and we'll finish out the month of October before we end the Schmidt Show podcast. So we thank you for your support uh, as we finish out the month. And thank you for your willingness to continue to listen uh, and be a part of the uh, the Schmidt Show podcast. As we um, get into the topic of the day today, the impeachment. I wanna. I wanna just address a couple of things here, real quick. This the the first part of this. I spoke with uh, with one of the the congressmen um, from our state. Well, I should say the only congressman from our state. I spoke with Congressman Kelly Armstrong uh, last week, uh, or maybe it was even the week before, whatever it was, when the impeachment uh, uh, inquiry was first announced, and. Um, Basically what we need to understand about this and what what the, um, the general public needs to understand about the impeachment inquiry is that this really isn't an impeachment inquiry. That has not actually taken place. The Democrats that are saying we're going to impeach him at this point or up to this point are lying to you. They're not impeaching President Trump. President Trump has not been impeached and is... At the current moment, there is not even a vote to impeach him. That is not even taken place yet. There's a process through which the impeachment hearings must take place in order to be an official impeachment inquiry and in order to be um, a constitutionally um, correct process through which impeachment takes place. And that has not taken place. Right now, what we have is the various committees of the House doing some investigations into the possibility of an impeachment inquiry or, or something like that. It's never happened this way before, so we don't really know exactly what to call it, but it's not an impeachment inquiry. The impeachment inquiry has to begin with the Judiciary Committee which they have begun to do but they've not actually taken the the official process or the official steps necessary to move it to a full house vote which of course has not taken place yet and and therefore there is really no impeachment process or impeachment inquiry that is taking place because the first thing that needs to happen is the full is the of course the judiciary committee but then the full house vote once the full house vote takes place then that moves it into the realm of the republicans the minority having subpoena power in order to call their own witnesses to call for their own investigation to to dig into the necessary uh, matters uh, relevant to the impeachment process, and right now they're not doing that in order to start a formal impeachment inquiry, they have to have a full house vote and under the House rules for impeachments or for impeachment, the Republicans get subpoena power. So what is going on right now what's happening right now in the house? is in order to avoid giving the Republicans subpoena power, they're doing, I guess you could call it an impeachment light. With these various six committees who are claiming that it's an impeachment inquiry, they're simply trying to subpoena people, get documents and all that kind of stuff without having an impeachment vote on the floor. Because if it goes to the floor, then the Republicans begin... The process, or or are given the power to also issue their own subpoenas, to subpoena evidence, to subpoena people, to subpoena witnesses and things like that. So this is so for those that are are saying, oh, the the White House pushing back against this is is just proof that he's guilty and is a jerk and whatever. Actually, legally, the White House and the president, uh, President Trump's administration, are right. They're doing the right thing to not cooperate because this is not a fair and just impeachment inquiry. This is the Democrats holding a kangaroo court. Now, if they've got all this evidence that proves he is he is guilty beyond a shadow of a doubt, as they claim, as Adam Schiff says that you know, as he said with the Mueller investigation, that he knows all this information, that he's aware of everything that's going on, and and. He has, has every uh, bit of, of information necessary to, to you know, lock Trump up for good and never you know throw away the key to bury him under the jail, all that kind of stuff. If that were the case, why not allow for a full impeachment inquiry? Why not allow for the minority, the Republicans, to also issue subpoenas and call witnesses and, and investigate as necessary? But the reality is they don't have all of the evidence they claim to have. They don't have all the evidence that CNN and MSNBC claim they have. And they don't have a clear-cut case that says Trump did something terrible that requires his removal from office. They they don't have any of that because if they did, they would be moving forward with a full impeachment inquiry. the The question was asked whether or not Donald Trump and his administration, um, would be able to maintain, uh, their legal standing if, if Pelosi does not relent, um, on this so-called impeachment inquiry, which is actually, like I said, impeachment light. And in fact, um, Attorneys have, uh, you know, outside of the 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 White House, but out, you know, the the pundits on TV and and the various news sites and things um, have have come out and said, look, it it's pretty well established that the the White House's position on this, because of the history of of impeachment, because of the the precedents that have been set in the past, as as the in the few times we have. Uh, attempted to impeach presidents, that they do actually have proper legal standing. And since there has been no vote on the floor of the House specifically, they have the Republicans, the minority, has not been given subpoena power. And until that happens, until that takes place, this is not a constitutional approach to Impeachment proceedings. It's it's essentially a a legal chess game. You know, we, you always hear the joke about Trump playing four D chess or three D chess or whatever. I, I don't I don't want to get into that, but that's essentially what's going on. This is this is legal maneuvering, legal wrangling, and and the Democrats either either they don't realize that a full impeachment inquiry um allows for for the president and his people and the the republicans to have impeachment power and that's why they're pushing forward with this because there's a lot of information there's a lot of people that will be called as witnesses that will be forced to testify uh in the event that there is an impeachment and and they just didn't think it through until somebody told them, and now they're kind of walking it back, or this has been the plan all along. The plan all along has been to get President Trump in the news, the impeachment, or the word impeachment in the news, and get all the low-information voters and the the um, low-information anti-Trumpers to jump on some bandwagon and see we're we're impeaching him. He's so evil. We had to impeach him. The last president we impeached was Nixon. Right. I mean, see the evil Republicans, they don't even realize that, you know, actuality, President Clinton was impeached and was not convicted, but was impeached. And actually Nixon never was impeached because he resigned before the impeachment proceedings took place. And and all of these, this is this is the 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 attempt by the 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 left wing media, whether it's CNN, MSNBC, or others, and the 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 mainstream Democrat Party, the the radical lefties in the mainstream Democrat Party, the Pelosi's and and the the AOC's and the Elizabeth Warrens and all of those. This is an attempt by them to get into the media, to get into the news that President Trump has been impeached that he is facing this this terrible process that will destroy his presidency for all time and in reality they haven't even begun they haven't even started they're wasting their time they're wasting our time and they're wasting incredible amounts of money on a on a lark essentially so i would call on the 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 democrats the nancy pelosi types i would call on them and say hey Either get it done, or get out of the way. Either get out there and actually launch the impeachment inquiry, go to the full house on the, or full vote on the house floor, and send it to the Senate, where we can have an actual trial, where we can present actual evidence, where we can we can share our side of the story with our attorneys getting involved in the process, or knock it off because you're wasting all of our time and all of our money. We've got more important things to deal with in this country than whether or not President Trump had a conversation with a with a with the Ukrainian president over Joe Biden or whatever. I mean, not to mention the fact that Nancy Pelosi's son, Joe Biden's son, and and um, John Kerry's stepson, and I think one other one too, are all on the boards of various energy companies with holdings and or interests in Ukraine I mean that part it doesn't get mentioned in the news that part doesn't get talked about in the news these are these are big deals the corruption in the United States government runs incredibly deep but believe it or not president trump might not be the worst offender in fact, I'm quite certain that President Trump is is maybe the least of the offenders. It happens all the time. I heard a story uh one time about how um oftentimes these various uh congressmen get rich. People go, "Well, they only make $175,000 a year. How is it after, you know, 6 years in Congress they're worth, you know, tens of millions of dollars?" Well one of the ways and 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 this isn't I'm I'm not necessarily pointing out a specific issue but or a specific um instance of corruption but one of the ways that this happens is for example let's just say your city whatever city you live in here in the United States the interstate runs through or near your town and your town is expanding it's growing or there's you know a a, a desire to build um some off interstate uh attractions for in an effort to attract business and or tax dollars to your community so there's going to be a new interchange built an on-ramp slash off-ramp at a at a particular uh, road in your community there's some discussion in our town about building one to the south of town as our city grows south so that's where this example comes from so when this is brought up in Congress because they have to approve this through the federal uh highway bill or they have to approve it through whichever committee or they have to have a vote on it uh to get the approval to expand the interstate system or or whatever it is that they need to vote on to to allow this to go through that vote that discussion is happening in various committees. Now, Congressman Jones or Smith or Johnson or whatever from, you know, whatever district of whatever state finds out that, hey, there's a, an interstate exchange that's going to go through in the next two or three years. I know it's going to go through because I'm on the committee. I'm the chair of the committee, or my best friend is the chair of the committee that votes on this stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to buy up all the land. I'm going to buy up the 140 acres surrounding the inter- 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 interstate exchange, or I'm going to buy up the couple hundred acres surrounding the the areas, or I'm going to buy up the houses or the the various um plots of land surrounding where this internet interstate exchange is going to to be built but i'm not going to tell anybody it's going to be built so i'm going to get these these properties at a really inexpensive rate i get to buy it for you know pennies on the dollar then after that happens after i buy up all the property now we get to have a vote in whatever committee that I'm on. We get to vote in favor of expanding the interstate in XYZ community. And because it's a, it's a way to bring business to my community, it's a way to bring uh, tax dollars to my community, everybody will be in favor of it and we'll all vote for it. And when we when we sneak it through in the highway bill or whatever other bill we need to sneak it through in and... Suddenly, the government, as they plan to build this exchange, has to buy up the property around this area. And because I control all of that property, or Congressman ABCXYZ owns all of that property, he's able to charge a pretty penny to the federal government because he knows how much was budgeted for that project. And he knows exactly how much he can get for it. And so now the land that he bought for, you know, and I don't know what the numbers, I'm just making this up. The land that he bought for a a dollar an acre, he's now selling for $100 an acre. And his $1,000 investment turns into a $100,000 investment. His $100,000 investment turns into a million dollar investment. And so on and so forth and on down the road. And this happens all the time in a multitude of ways, in a variety of ways. And so I am absolutely 100% convinced that many, many, many people in the federal government are as corrupt as they come. And I wouldn't even be surprised that Donald Trump might be a little bit corrupt. But the reality is, I don't think Donald Trump is the most corrupt of the bunch. We see this happen all the time. Joe Biden's son, right? This whole thing in Ukraine. Joe Biden's son was kicked out of the Navy for drug use. He was dishonorably discharged from the Navy for drug use. Suddenly, a couple of weeks later, with absolutely no experience in the energy sector anywhere, he's named to the board of a company called Burisma Holdings. A massive, massively wealthy energy company in the Ukraine. Now, his dad being the vice president in charge of dealing with some of the issues that that are dealt with through the United States government in Ukraine. You don't think that that had a part to play in it? You don't think that the State Department, the head of the State Department, the Secretary of State John Kerry had a hand in making sure his son got on the board with a with a multi hundred thousand dollar salary you don't think that nancy pelosi as the speaker of the house had a hand in getting her son a job a a a, a not even really a job but just a seat on the board with a with a major corporation in the ukraine like I'm not saying that what Trump did was right, wrong or indifferent. But I think it's important to point out that the 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 people that are screeching and screaming and wailing and and crying about Donald Trump telling the uh, the president of Ukraine that he should investigate corruption as it relates to Joe Biden, who at the time that this was made, that this discussion took place, as I understand it, Joe Biden was not yet in the presidential race yet. He wasn't a political opponent at the time. There was some speculation, there was some guessing, there was some rumor, but I don't think Joe Biden officially announced his candidacy until after this conversation had taken place. So there's more to the story than is being told. There's more to the discussion that is not being addressed as it relates to corruption in Washington. Now, as I've said before, I have not been a huge fan of Donald Trump. I actually didn't even vote for Donald Trump. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton, but I didn't vote for Donald Trump. I believed that Donald Trump was was vulgar and crass and crude, and and I, I truly believe that he was a quote-unquote wolf in sheep's clothing. I really believe that Donald Trump was a, a, a liberal pretending to be a Republican because he knew it would be easier to get the nomination or get elected as a Republican, and that once he got in office, he would simply show his true colors— and he would would act as a liberal he would govern as a liberal i was wrong i was i was very wrong we've actually seen the opposite from trump now there's been a few things that that i've disagreed with you know the banning of bump stocks and some of his stances on guns concern me a little bit as a as a virulent supporter and and defender of the Second Amendment. I'm a little bit concerned about that. Uh, but overall, Donald Trump has done a fairly decent job as a as a conservative and acting as a conservative president. I wish he wouldn't I, I wish he would not have gone down the road of tariffs with with China. I just think that's generally generally I'm I'm not a big fan of tariffs. I'm not a big fan of of putting steep regulations on trade with anybody. Now I agree, maybe nullify some of the uh, the various trade agreements that we were getting robbed on. I, I wouldn't have a problem getting rid of those. I've not been a big fan of the tariffs. I'm not a I'm not a big tariff guy in the first place because I don't believe it it promotes an open and fair. Uh, transaction of of goods and services between two consenting parties, but beyond that and beyond some of the gun control stuff that he has brought up i'm I'm overall, I think Donald Trump's done a pretty darn good job and here's here's the interesting thing about this for me because I was a never trumper I was absolutely adamant that donald Trump was a was going to be a disaster. And it just hasn't turned out that way. And in fact, I would even argue at this point, as a guy who was who was anti-Trump and, and solidly in the camp that I would never vote for someone like him, the the interesting thing for me is that I am beginning to believe more and more that Donald Trump is exactly the right guy for such a time as this. I brought this up on my radio show on Friday on my terrestrial show. And I am becoming more and more convinced, more and more regularly, that Donald Trump is exactly the guy we need. We need someone to stand up and fight back against the, the radical leftism that is sweeping the nation. The radical approach to soft-selling socialism and communism into this country. We have for 200 plus years survived, avoided the ills and disastrous effects that so many countries have befallen as it relates to socialism. We've seen that in as recently as, I believe it was 1999, Venezuela having staggering growth and doing exceptionally well. And in a short 20 years we have seen the entire country descend into chaos and economic collapse because of the implementation of socialist ideologies of state-owned entities and businesses, the state taking over, confiscating privately held and owned businesses. We have seen a collapse of the healthcare system in Venezuela. We've seen a collapse of the economic system. We've seen a collapse of of the political system in Venezuela. We We have seen around the world in the last hundreds of hundred years, literally the deaths of hundreds of millions of people as a result of the failed ideologies of communism and socialism. We have seen the persecution of innocents. We've seen the starvation and famine that have resulted as a direct cause or a direct result of socialism look into the kulaks the ukrainian kulaks speaking of ukraine look into the ukrainian kulaks they were farmers who were actually quite successful and the socialist movement in the early 20th century led to this class warfare that said oh they because these farmers are successful they must have done it By taking advantage of the workers, by taking advantage of the resources, and thousands and thousands of Ukrainian farmers were murdered, their property seized, and the means of production taken over by the government which resulted because these Ukrainian kulaks were so successful they were they were literally producing nearly all of the food for an entire region of the world and because of the government persecution the class warfare the murder of these farmers and the confiscation of their property by the government it resulted in a famine that killed millions and millions of russians and other europeans as well but mostly russians so as we look at what's happening here in the united states as the elizabeth warren's and the bernie sanders and and the the aocs and the others as they soft sell this move towards democratic socialism, which we all know democratic socialism doesn't exist because you can vote to take your neighbor's property. You can vote to, to take the resources of your neighbor. You can vote for the government to confiscate private property and private businesses and the means of production and all of those sorts of wonderful things that, that the, the socialist wants. But the moment that someone refuses to turn over their property, it will be taken from them at the point, at the barrel of a gun, at the end of a tank, or a a SWAT team, or a military fire team at some point someone will resist and say, no, sorry, this is my property. I refuse to give it up. And I don't care if all of my neighbors voted in a democratically pursued election. This is still my property. I've worked for it. I own it. And I will not give it up. At that moment, democratic... Socialism will cease to exist and tyrannical socialism will take over. And so, as these radical leftists, socialists, and communists that have infiltrated and have taken over the Democrat Party soft sell that. People like Donald Trump are the last people standing to prevent tyranny from taking over this country. People like Donald Trump standing up against the Pelosi's and the Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and the Rashida Tlaibs and the Elizabeth Warrens and their ilk. They're the last chance that we have to prevent the United States from becoming a third world country. The left has already turned California into a borderline third world country. The socialism that is taking place in California is destroying a once great state. They're literally fighting the bubonic plague in Los Angeles. I mean, think about that for just a second. The bubonic plague is a plague that that killed what? 50 million people in when was that I believe it was somewhere around um the um the end of the the uh, Roman Empire I believe it was in the early 500s or mid 500s killed about 50 million people somewhere between 25 and 50 million people and then of course in the late middle ages In the 1300s, um, killing about a third of the entire European population. It's coming back. We had defeated it. We had beaten it. There was a a third outbreak of uh, bubonic plague in the early um, or mid 19th century, if I remember correctly, but didn't kill quite as many people. Because we learned how to defeat it. But in in Los Angeles, right now, it's coming back. Because of the pathetic conditions that are taking place in Los Angeles, which are a direct result... of failed policies of the California government to deal with things like homelessness, unemployment, and others. Failed socialist and radical leftist policies, as a matter of fact. It's interesting to me, as you look around the country today, and you see... States like North Dakota that have been majority Republican for several decades, thriving with literally billions of dollars in cash reserves. That's where I live. I live in North Dakota. And we I'm not even exaggerating. We have literally billions of dollars in cash reserves as a state government. Now, I have issues with that. I don't know that the government should have that much money in reserve, but we do. We have a balanced budget amendment that we passed years ago and have been working on a balanced budget in our state for several years. Majority controlled Republican for decades. Then you look at California. Majority Democrat since probably since Ronald Reagan was governor. And they're in massive debt. They're fighting the bubonic plague. And there's no end in sight. If Democrat ideologies were so great and Democrat policies were working so well, why have places like California, like Oregon, why have places like that failed so miserably? Why is Detroit, Michigan, which has had a Democrat mayor and a Democrat city council for 40 to 50 years now, why have they failed so miserably? Is it the evil Republicans? Why has Baltimore descended into becoming essentially a third world city? Right near the nation's capital. Oh, but wait, controlled by a majority of Democrats for 50 plus years, every city across the country that has been under democratic control for any longer than 10 or 20 years is a mess. Borderline bankruptcies, out of control, homelessness and unemployment, poverty, and welfare rates unmatched anywhere in the country. Crime and, and and drug addiction out of control. Every single one. You pick a city across the country that has been controlled by the Democrats for longer than 10 or 20 years. And every single one of them is an unmitigated failure. Yet we're supposed to believe that the Democrats are for the little guy? We're supposed to believe that the radical leftist agenda is good for our country. Colleges in the United States have been controlled by self-described leftists, socialists, and communists the 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 higher education system in this country controlled exclusively almost for the last fifty or sixty years. We've seen college tuition rates rise by over a 1,000% since 1970. And what has happened to the quality of our education? We spend more money on education in the United States than we have ever spent in our history, and we spend more money on education than literally any country in the world. And what has happened to the quality of our education? Kids are graduating college with bachelor's degree who can't even understand the basics of balancing a check, checkbook or counting back change at McDonald's. And we're supposed to believe that that ideology is good for the country? Now, I'm not saying the Republicans are perfect and have everything right. Because most of you Republicans in Washington are, are, uh, well, they're members of the swamp as, as well. I mean, let's be honest about it. But the corruption that is gripping this nation, the corruption that is wrecking us so badly, believe it or not, is not coming from Donald Trump and his administration. He may be corrupt. I don't know. I suppose we'll find out. But I think if all of the corruption of Washington were exposed, I think Donald Trump would probably look like an angel. Heck, he might even look like a savior. But one thing I can probably guarantee you is he wouldn't end up looking like the devil. So, again, to wrap up this discussion, I say bring on the impeachment inquiry. I say actually take it to a full vote of the House and either vote in favor of or against impeachment. Either way, I think it moves the discussion forward in a positive way. If the impeachment process fails we can move on and get back to doing the things that need to get done. If the impeachment inquiry passes, it goes to the Senate and we can call all the witnesses we need to call and we can subpoena all the people we need to subpoena and subpoena all the evidence we need to subpoena and and lock down all of the emails and the conversations and the phone transcripts and the memos and all of that that we need to do. And we can get to the bottom of it. And if heads will roll, so be it. Because here's the difference between me and most political pundits and me and most Trump supporters and, and quite honestly, me and most Democrats. If Donald Trump's head is one of the heads that rolls, so be it. Let it roll. If Donald Trump and his entire family and his entire administration go down because they're corrupt, good. So be it. But if Pelosi and Schumer and Harry Reid and Elizabeth Warren and Amy Klobuchar and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Bernie Sanders and all the others, if they go down, good. So be it. Because I really don't care who's corrupt. I want them all done. I want them all buried under the jail. But that can't happen until we can have an actual investigation and not a witch hunt. And if you don't believe that this is a witch hunt, well, then you're naive. You're just not paying attention. I say bring it on. And if I were Donald Trump, I would be saying the same thing. If I were Trump and I were his press secretary or his advisors, I would have him out there every day calling on Pelosi Bring it to a vote of the floor. Get your butt in gear. Do your job and bring it to a vote. Let's vote for this impeachment. Let's have the trial in the Senate. Let's have Justice Roberts preside over it as the Constitution calls for. Let's do this and let's do it right. I would be ha- I would be tweeting, bring it on every single day if I were Trump or his press secretary. I would be challenging them at every turn to bring the impeachment forward and do it right. And if you're not willing to do that, then get out of the way and let's move forward with getting things handled. We've got massive issues in this country. We've got issues with the healthcare system. We've got issues with the opioid crisis. We've got issues with immigration. None of it's getting taken care of. Because there's this this kangaroo court of an impeachment trial that's taking place. That's not really taking place at all. And quite honestly, it's a joke. It's a circus. And some of the most corrupt people in the country are pointing fingers trying to identify what corruption is. Maybe the reality is it takes one to know one, as they say. So with that, we wrap up the Schmidt Show for one more week. And as I mentioned, like I said at the beginning of the show, we will be taking a break. We're going to finish out October... We thank you for all the support you've given us and look forward to seeing how great what great things will happen in the future. Have a great week. We'll see you next week.